Welcome to Business Ninjas, brought to you by Write For Me, where you'll hear from business leaders who are out there growing their business and slaying it every day. Learn from the masters. Let's get started. Hey, everybody. Welcome back for another episode of Business Ninjas. This is Kelsey here today with Kendra Prospero. She's the CEO and founder at Turning the Corner. Kendra, welcome to the show. Hi there. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So, Kendra, tell me a little bit about yourself. Well, I have an amazing business based out of Boulder, Colorado called Turning the Corner, as you mentioned. It's our kind of life work to end suffering in the workplace. And so um, I have just spent my whole career basically doing everything I can to help people love their jobs. Mm -hmm. And now what we do is we work with growing small businesses to make sure that they're creating a culture where people are thriving, which ultimately means if they're thriving, then they're the best at giving customer service. They're better and easier to work with. Um, they're better bosses, better leaders. And then also when they're happy, they're also more profitable. So we're all about the bottom line and how when you create cultures where people are thriving, it actually affects your bottom line. Yeah. So tell me more about that. Well, we work with businesses that are between about, I would say around 50 employees up to about 200 or so employees that are growing and they're growing rapidly. And when they, uh, when an organization like that is, is growing at that pace, they need more infrastructure in place so that the employees are actually, you know, know what they're doing, um, how it matters to their larger career, um, making sure they're managed well, and then also that they're getting what they need from the job in terms of the right pay and the right benefits and the other pieces that we all need in a job. And so what we do at Turning the Corner is provide that infrastructure. We help go in there and put, get all that laid down so that when um, they really scale a culture, they've got what they need in place for the employees. Yeah. So what, you know, besides creating that infrastructure, what are some other ways that you're able to help a company kind of define um, and show what that, what that culture looks like? Well, actually, um, I will say this, I've kind of figured a lot of this out by the, just running my own business. Okay. And so I always will say that we eat our own cooking <laughs> and that, you know, I try it out first at turning the corner and then I figure if I can do it and we can do it, then any business can do it. Okay. And so what I found to be the most, one of the most important things that I did really early on, because we've been in business now for 12 years, okay. um, is I got really clear around what my, what my own needs are. Like, what do I need from a job? Mm -hmm. And then how does that actually actually translate into the expectations that I'm going to have for my employees okay. because all all problems, all leadership trickles down. Mm -hmm. And um, and so if I'm not really clear on what I want and what I need from a job, then I'm probably going to be bringing the wrong people into the organization. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of companies will call that their values, which I agree with. But I think sometimes values can get mixed up in a way where they look great on a wall. They're really beautiful, mm -hmm. but they're not lived. And if you're not truly living those values where they're your real values, mm -hmm. then you end up kind of um, not having the best clarity. And so, because those values really become the thing you want to hire mm -hmm. to, against, you want to fire against, you want to manage and train, govern, promote, compensate, like all the various things. You want to do that around those values and those expectations. And so that's like the very first thing we do with an organization is get clear on that with them. Interesting. And then is there just kind of one that you would say is a big core tenant of, you know, of turning the corner or of one that you see in other organizations? In terms of a value? Yes. 
Well, for us, I mean, every every organization is going to have different values. And so for me, like what I need from a job is I need flexibility. Mm. And so how that translates into a value for turning the corner is that our very first value is family first. And wow. how that shows up in our environment is that we want everybody to take care of themselves. Like they bring their whole person to a job mm-hmm. and I'm if, if they need to go to a doctor's appointment or they need to pick up their kid after school or they want to take a day off. Mm-hmm. Great. Take care of yourself. Mm-hmm. Go be you. Just be awesome at you. Right. Mm-hmm. And and then but the second value is also really important. And this is for me like I need results like I get start to feel itchy and almost uncomfortable when I'm not seeing those results in myself. And so how does that translate into the a value for the business? It's results beyond expectations. And every one of us feel that same way. And so when we don't see those results and we're not really pulling together as a team, then, you know, we start to question if that person's, you know, maybe the right fit for us. Mm-hmm. And so those are some of the ones that, you know, we have. We also have um, the value of no jerks. <laughs> That's our favorite <laughs> one. Which is, you know, means like no jerks on the team and, and also no jerks as clients. Mm-hmm. And so um, that's definitely been a big thing where we've had to walk away from some deals where we just were not the right culture fit for each other. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I've definitely heard that before because like you said, you put your family first and your family is that company as well. So, you know, not only are you upholding the value of no jerks, but you're also upholding the family, you know, the, the value of family first. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. So is there, uh, you talked about kind of like that small to medium sized company, those fast growing companies that seem to, you know, need the support of turning the corner. What is, is there a specific industry that you tend to see, you know, more of your involvement in or a certain vertical or does it, does it run the whole, run the whole gamut? We actually work with almost every industry. And so we've really worked in a surprising number of organizations, including government even. And so, um, yeah, we've pretty much covered everything over the years. But what I will say is kind of the common tenant among all of the companies is the leader and that the leaders we work with, they have to have at least a grain of self-awareness. <laughs> so, grain, because as long as we've got enough there, we can get in there and kind of needle out the rest. But um, it kind of comes back to that, you know, that value of no jerks. Mm-hmm. Like we've got to have leaders that believe in their people and believe fundamentally that they are more, they're more than just profit as a business. Um, mm-hmm. They're also about purpose. They're also about driving great culture. If we don't have that, then we're probably not a fit. No. And so tell me a little bit about how, you know, it sounds like one, you're living the the core values of of turning the corner, but also two, you know, how, how do you differentiate yourself from your competition? Because you're living it, but in what other ways are you able to, to show that? Yeah, I think one of the one of the most unique things about us is our overall model and that I mean, there's a there's lots of like HR consulting companies out there. Mm -hmm. We are not just that, though. We are actually an enterprise size team that -hmm. consults for small businesses. Mm -hmm. And so most of our competition has just one or another one or two functions of HR. But if you go to like a big company like IBM, which Mm -hmm. is actually where I came from, um, big IBM would have an HR team that's made up of strategic compliance science, recruiting, talent management, DEI, diversity, equity, and inclusion, compensation, be a big team, 
Mm-hmm. Well, that's what we are at Turning the Corner. We're a big team that has all those functions I just named, mm-hmm. but we bring all of that into an organization in a fractional way. Mm-hmm. And so there may be an organization that has, a, for example, a very strong DEI initiative. Excellent. We have DEI consultants and training as well as HR policies that we all link together to drive a DEI effort. Yeah. Um, where, whereas other organizations may have, you know, really big need for some for talent specifically and, you know, struggling with recruiting. Mm-hmm. We can go in there and figure out why is recruiting not going as smoothly as it should. That's the HR component of it. What are the different, the val- what's the value proposition for working for that organization? Like that's more the strategic side. And then mm-hmm. how do we go find those people? Then that's the recruiting side. Mm. And then we train the managers on how to be great managers as well. <laughs> yeah. You truly are an extension of the team then and of the company. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, we're coming in there as really a member of their organization. And oftentimes we even end up on their org chart, even though we're fractional, you know, HR team. Mm -hmm. That shows how strong, you know, the relationships that you're able to build are within the company and that trust as well, I imagine. Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, we're so it's so phenomenal to look back over our client list and realize like almost everyone we brought in or every client that's in our on our portfolio that come from like referrals or friends or is repeat business. And yeah, yeah it's wonderful. We have a great community. Yeah, that kind of leads me into a question that I was going to ask talking about how you've been able to scale the company over these past these past 12 years. Well, I'm a walk before you run kind of girl. And so there's definitely a few things that I've done that maybe others would move it in a faster way. Um, I never did get like funding, outside funding. Um, I don't even have a line of credit from a bank because I'm like, if I can't do this with customer money, then maybe it's not a real business. And wow. so, yeah. So, I mean, I think that that funding has really probably limited growth or caused me to grow in a much more steady way, which I think has actually been very healthy. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so we've really scaled, I would say, you know, 15, 15 to 20% every year, year mm-hmm. over year. And so that's been like, you know, healthy growth, but not just this like absurd, crazy growth by any means. And I'm quite content with the way it's gone. Mm-hmm. And actually this last year we've grown by a hundred percent. So now I think we've kind of reached that potential maybe spot in the hockey stick, as they say, right, where we're now ready to really take off. But um, I wanted to make sure we had all the right systems and processes and people in place before we really scale and grew. So Mm -hmm. and and how did um, how did this kind of transition from, you know, more of the in person to more of like the flexibility of the virtual workforce through COVID? How did that affect turning the corner? It didn't affect us at all because, I mean, I have always, as I said earlier, my top value was flexibility. Mm-hmm. And so I have always run turning the corner in a way where I said, you come as you, come when you want, mm-hmm. um, be where you need to be, except mm-hmm. for Thursdays from nine to one. Thursdays from nine to one, we want everyone together. And so before COVID, we would all come together on that day for those hours. We called those our core hours. Okay. The rest of the time were flexible hours. And honestly, Kelsey, like I have no idea where anybody is right now. And I'm fine with that. <laughs> so, so when COVID hit, all we did was just yeah. kind of flip the switch on Thursdays to being on Zoom instead of in person. Yeah. 
Yeah. It was no big deal for us at all. I mean, we had this most seamless transition and a year, two years before that, even our training program that we offer, um, cause we train managers on how to be managers. Right. And, um, we have a great 12 week program that we've been running for seven years now. And I had kind of gone to the team a couple of years before COVID hit and said, let's see if we can do this hybrid. And they were all like, Oh, why are we doing this? And And then when COVID hit, I was like, I'm sure glad we did that, aren't we? Yeah, right. <laughs> like I, I was ahead of that. I was ahead of the game. Um, and did you see that same that same flexibility within your clients, or did they need that extra layer of support as that shift happened? Oh, everybody. Nobody did well. Nobody did as well as I had hoped in terms of just being ready. I mean, it was. It's a very challenging thing, as you've probably seen too, for organizations to trust their employees enough to let them have full control over their schedule. Mm-hmm. COVID forced it because we couldn't be together. Mm-hmm. And what p- happened for p- individuals was they suddenly realized the freedom they could have by having full control over their calendar, choosing to get out of bed at six in the morning or maybe at eight, choosing to shower or not. Right. And the time that was freed up from all of that. And the the for the most part, we, a lot of people really have benefited a lot from that flexibility. Mm-hmm. But from the leadership side, they've also needed to kind of embrace that they can truly trust their employees to get the work done. Mm-hmm. And surveys have shown that productivity has actually gone up a lot through COVID. Mm-hmm. Leaders are still struggling with that belief, though, that they that they don't necessarily believe that that's true. But I absolutely think it's true. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned that. I was having a conversation with, you know, a very beloved mentor that I have. And we were having the conversation that before COVID, a lot of people just got credit for showing up. But now when you work from home, I'm going to the value of, you know, uh, what is it? Uh, Expectation or um, results beyond beyond expectations. It gives you that you are you know, rated or, you know, observed based on the quality of your work, not just for showing up anymore. Yeah, absolutely. And that's how it should be. Mm -hmm. I'm really, I have always challenged this norm of the 40 hour work week. Mm -hmm. Um, I've never understood it. And um, matter of fact, my whole team, I've always said, I don't care how many hours you work, just Mm -hmm. get the results. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I think, you know, it's it's a very different mindset that I, a lot of organizations are not ready to embrace. But, man, I have seen incredible results by not managing hours, but managing only results. Yeah, yeah. And so I challenge every leader to look at them to, to actually work their own three or four day work week. Yeah. Because when you have a more of a constrained schedule and you only can get stuff done in 30 hours, mm-hmm. you're way more efficient with your time. And um, so I just think that we can all be more efficient and then have a little bit more joy mm-hmm. <laughs> in our days. Mm-hmm. Really focusing on like that self-care, too, and, you know, fostering that self-awareness saying, you know, like I I'm getting just as much done in, you know, the, the, the times that I'm working and making sure that, you know, you're not necessarily managing people, but you're managing, you know, you're you're managing, you know, someone with a specific name, like you're managing them, how that specific person needs to work and valuing them as a person over just, you know, a, a number in a company. Totally. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I I, chat, I talk with a lot of leaders who do not agree with me on this and who put, push back on me. You know, I've got a one gal right now I'm coaching, actually, that she says, you know, I, I pay this gal 30 or 40 hours a week and I think she's only maybe working 30 hours a week. And I'm like, so is she getting her work done. Right. Right. If she's getting her work done. Like, who cares how many hours she's working? 
it may be what you need to say is, is there more I can give her? Maybe she's that efficient. You know, maybe she could work even do, and get even more accomplished. But I think that's a way more interesting conversation than just demanding someone sit around and twiddle their thumbs right. for 10 hours a week. Right. That's a great rephrase and reframe talking about like, could I give her, could I give her more? Or like, is, you know, if she's that effective, you've got my brain going now. I'm like, is there like leadership opportunities for her? Like if she's being right. efficient, like, is there some, like a different role that you can help like have her like be used in? Like you just got my brain going, but <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, a lot of managers don't ask these basic questions to their employees. Like what is, I mean, let me frame it this way. None of us as leaders should think that our people are going to stay with us forever. Mm-hmm. Our jobs are a stepping stone. Mm-hmm. We want the stone to be as long as possible, yeah, but it's yeah. a stepping stone. Yeah. And so if you come at management with that idea that you know that this is just one step in their journey, mm-hmm. then you want to ask them and get to know them and understand things like, what do you want from this job? Yeah. You know, when you go to leave this job at some point in the future, which we hope is a long time away, mm-hmm. what would you like to have accomplished here? Mm-hmm. And what does this do for your life? And what other things do you need from a job? Mm-hmm. And asking those questions not only gives you as a manager the insight into what you can do to maybe create the conditions for them to thrive. Mm-hmm. But then you also have a much clearer idea of, um, of you know, what you, what you can get out of them, right? Mm-hmm. So if I have an employee who says, for example, I've got this new um, Gen Zer on my team, Zoomer, as they're now be somewhat sometimes being called, she's unbelievable. She's a part-time student. She's part-time with us. And she's indicated to us that she really wants to get into sales. Mm-hmm. So we're grooming her for more and more things in sales. Mm-hmm. Is she ready to go out there and, and sell? No, absolutely not. That'd be an absurd idea with only being, you know, in the job for a few months. But can we groom her for that? Yes, absolutely. It's Mm -hmm. great to know that that's what her goal is. Mm -hmm. And then the other byproduct of all of this is that when you ask people those questions, you show that you care. Mm-hmm. And care is the number one thing that keeps people engaged and keeps them connected to the organization. How easy is that, right? Just yeah. care for your employees. Yeah. You know? So Kendra, what would be one thing you would want, you know, our listeners to either know about turning the corner or about, you know, the the leadership that, you know, you've expressed through your own company and being able to, you know, teach others? What would be one thing you would want our listeners to know? Well, I think um, hopefully if they've made it this far into the podcast, they have a good idea of, you know, kind of my general philosophy. And if they're resonating with that, mm-hmm. I would highly, re- highly recommend that they continue to create an environment where there, where there's more purpose than profit built into the organization. It isn't anymore just about profit business. Nobody wants to work for that kind of business. And the incoming generations absolutely have no interest in that whatsoever. Mm-hmm. So if you want to keep thriving as an organization and you want to keep keep growing, you really do need to take the care to understand what your employees need. And there's lots of resources available for you to do, you know, to do that. You're not on your own with that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So if someone wanted to reach out to Turning the Corner, speaking on resources, how would they go about reaching you? Kind of what would be those first steps? Well, our website is turningthecornerllc.com. And then um, all my email is just Kendra at turningthecornerllc.com. We have a great assessment on the top of our website that helps you see, like, are, are you doing the right things to drive the profitability as well as the purpose? Mm-hmm. And so that can give you just this really quick insight into what you might need to be considering um, in terms of other things that you may or may not be doing. Mm-hmm. And so that's a really simple thing to start with. And, you know, I mean, we're not the kind of people as 
just spam you like go crazy with any of that. So yes, we do gather your information, but it's really just to see if there's a conversation that we could have together to share. So that would be a great place to start. That's fantastic. Well, Kendra, this has been such a great conversation. I loved hearing your passion about your leadership and being able to, you know, manage managers and teach managers as well uh, and helping people truly scale their scale their business and their culture in a way that's representative of, you know, the the individual company and all, but also the individuals as, you know, as employees and leaders as well. So Kendra, this has been a great conversation. Again, Kendra Prospero, she's the CEO and founder at Turning the Corner. Kendra, thanks for being on the show. Thank you, Kelsey. Hey, are you a business ninja? Want to be interviewed like this? Give us a shout. Go to www.writeforme.io, W-R-I-T-E-F-O-R-M-E.io and schedule a time to meet with us and we'll make it happen. Keep slaying it, y'all.